You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. In the summer of 2019, months before the COVID pandemic would fuel a massive expansion of podcast availability, an eventual acceptance of this medium, even from the most conservative religious circles, the Yeshiva of Newark launched its platform, fusing an enlightened series of shurim and contemporary topics presented uncompromisingly with serious interviews and dialogue with important figures in education, psychology, and mystical thought. The result shown important shafts of light on hitherto unnoticed problems and suggesting real solutions. During the global shutdown of in-person learning options and forced quarantines, hundreds of searchers across multiple time zones joined our Zoom live events every afternoon and evening. Sophisticated classes described the fundamentals of Talmud learning for adults who had been underserved. Scarly old hands joined Shurim and Yershalmi and Dafyemi. We were at the forefront of producing Hespedim for so many stalwarts of Torah and Avoda who passed away during the height of the Magefa. These presentations brought comfort and appreciation to the bereaved of our people. The platform routinely chimed in on the relevant issues and upsetting scandals of the day from a rabbinic perspective. We even offered options for healthy, life-affirming entertainment in a world bowled over by streaming services. With downloads approaching the million mark and an archival library numbering in the thousands, the Yeshiva of Newark podcast has been striving to continuously upgrade our content, professionalize our audio sound, along with altering approaches in light of much-appreciated listener feedback. I firmly believe that a niche has been carved out that resonates with many on the wide spectrum of observant Jews. This explains why we continually rank high in independent online lists of top yeshiva podcasts. This proud edifice I've described is in real danger of toppling and disappearing. We need the help of our listeners to continue to record and edit, to promote the product that has been a balm and instructor to so many. Just $36 as a minimum donation from a thousand of you out there will keep us afloat as a new arc of straight, intelligent, humorous discussion, lectures, debate, and inquiry, while the destructive waters of ignorance and identity politics, cyberbullying, crash around us. Your generous contributions will seal and galvanize this arc till it comes to a satisfying rest in an era of Beloi Ha'oretz Deo, heralding Mashiach, Bimheira, Bimeinu, Amen. Hello, this is a re-release of a shir that I gave a number of years ago, in the midst of COVID, about exercising on Shabbos and Hilchus Natilas Yadayim. I sort of fused Sokim of Rabbi David Feinstein Tzatzal and Rabbi Strobelsky Tzatzal. And there was some sort of connection, as you'll discover, between them. And um, I think that it, it's still very, very relevant, especially since Hilchus Tilos Yadayim are so common and yet still quite un- misunderstood by many. And what are the kapedas and what things people have to do and what is the proper anhoga and where do we give the significance of minog? 
especially also in the first part of the shear, you're going to hear uh, a, a really straightforward and common sense approach from Rebecca Feinstein about how the situation has changed in terms of activities that are now perceived as normal and allow many people to engage in the type of actions that can extend their lives and promote much better health. So, enjoy. Talking from Rabbi Feinstein, Zechot Tzadik Levrocha, and Mr. Obelsky, Zechot Tzadik Levrocha. Many people have this question, especially, you know, in a COVID era where people are concerned about their bodies and not getting uh, to be in tip-top shape uh, and exercising. Is there an Isser to exercise on Shabbos? So Rabbi Feinstein's Talmud, Rabbi Baruch Moskowitz in the Sefer, Medibartabam, starts off telling us, if you look at the Mishnah Bura, says that if everybody can tell that why you're doing this is to make yourself healthier, then that's just as us as taking a pill. In fact, the Mishabur goes so far to say, Even if you're taking a big walk, but the reason why is in order like to get a little sweaty and because uh, you need the steps, so to speak, and you're not, this is going to make you better. Should be also. So, um, Mishabur goes even further and says, how about somebody who's, who, who's running? Uh, and the reason why he wants to run is he wants to get hungry. And he'd like to eat more on Shabbos. And uh, by running, he's going to sort of get his metabolism going and he's going to get an appetite. So Mishbur is not sure if it's mutter. Maybe it's called refuah. Uh, maybe it's called tainug. It's not called refuah. So the Mishbur is not sure if he could do such a thing. Um, so that's the Mishnabur. Now, What about um, Stam taking a walk, of course, is mutter. Why? Because Lechor, the Rabbi says, nobody's going to say there's anything wrong with that. They can walk on Shabbos. How about if your purpose is for refuah? And remember, we saw the Mishnah Burr before had told us that if it's Muchach Milsa, there was a really, you know, sweaty, long walk where, you know, you see the guy is power walking, right? That might be awesome. But a walk that a normal person would take, and you're thinking for Rafua, that would be, um, that would be okay. In fact, um, that's the way Rabbi says, as long as you're not running and it looks obvious, that should be all right. Now, the truth is, when it comes to Rafua, we know that if what you're doing is the type of thing healthy people do, the people do it when they're healthy, like a type of food that even a healthy person would eat, even though you're eating it like prunes or something like that, you would be mutter to eat that type of food because even health, even many people, I mean, it's not, right? So therefore, since prunes is a dish that people like, so even though you're eating it for constipation reasons, it's mutter to do because it's called meichobriyam. So, let's say 
you know, a bari wants to keep in shape. So he goes through his exercises every day. What's he doing wrong? Right? What's he doing wrong? Every single day, you know, he does some exercise. He's not sick. So Lachora, even though you're a person who's had a certain situation and you really need it because, you know, you've got the bad blood pressure or you have uh, some other thing that just happened to you or, uh, you know, you've just been through a heart operation or something like that. But Lachora, since exercise activity is done by a lot of people who aren't sick, so even a person who's doing it because he's sick and because he needs it, it shouldn't be usser. That's that would seem to be the case, and and clearly things are different now than they were. Um, now the Aruch Hashulchan wrote that in his time, you know, Shabbos is supposed to be Yom Menucha. Is Yom Menucha supposed to be there that you're running or that, 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 that you're involved in that? Now, it's true there are people who are like that, the Aruch HaShulchan says, people who do like doing that. And, and the Gemara talks about Bochrim, like young people that love running and stuff like that. So that, that could be an Oneg. Now, however... The Ruch HaShulchan wrote, speaking about exercising, and again, I, I, we were trying to say it should be mutter because everybody, a lot of people exercise. So it's like taking prune juice. So the Ruch HaShulchan wrote, though, it should be also because you know in your heart that it's tough for you to do it. And since it's, it's tough and you're pushing yourself, that already makes it, you can't say it's like eating prunes. You, you realize that going through it is almost like a process. That's why there are chashulchan, even though l'chor, the svar should be, exercising should be all right. But he's, he says if you're exercising because the doctor says you have to do that, I mean, obviously if it's about pikuach nefesh, you're going to do it. The question is, if it's not pikuach nefesh, should you refrain from doing it on Shabbos? Because it's clear that it's nikar, Nora HaShulchan says, because you're in pain. So, Rabbi David Feinstein told Moskowitz the following. He said, I know the Mishnah Bura. Mishnah Bura says it's a machlokas about even, you know, going for a fast walk. However, bismanenu eno elokamaychu briyam. Today, Rav David says all types of walking, even walking, you know, in, in such a manner is mutter, even though your purpose for doing this is a refuah. He says, So it's not refuah b'shabbos. It's got to be something which people say when they look at it, oh, that guy is trying to, that guy, that guy is ill and this is going to help him. Now, however, Rabdavid said he doesn't want to be matter going for a run. Why? 
Because if you're mamish walking super fast or running, so that's not because usher for refuah b'shabbos. There, David says it's usher because it's ma'isachol. I mean, the pasuk says we learn from the pasuk in Yeshaya, shelo yehiluchach b'shabbos ki luchach b'chol. So even though you know, it, you know, like 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 he's rushing to catch a bus, or this is the way he would walk during the week, you know, in in a quick in a quick way. That's a different Isser, but it's not the Isser of Rafua the way the Mishnah Burah says. So things have changed. So what I would say is you can definitely take a very long walk and even take a little bit of a speedy walk, but not in a way that, um, you know, you put on, uh, you know, your, your mamish jogging. Um, that I think would be a problem. Um, definitely, there's another issue, of course, would be is most people, when they want to jog, they put on special clothes for jogging. You know, they'll put on uh, something which is, you know, like shorts or something like that, or or sweatpants, which is also a shtickle, a, a zilzal in Kabbat Shabbos. So, Rabdavid is a good heter for taking a long walk, even though you're doing it just because for your health and because, you know, whatever the situation is. But again, you have to know. Um, I see people mamish in the shorts and running, some people who are from the from people in the community, I don't say anything to them, but uh, that I would say that might be a problem. It's not, it's not the gzair of shchika uh, samamonim, but it, I think it might be an issue. So that's in terms of running or power walking on Shabbos. Okay, this is a shaila that Ravelsky was asked. Um, before you wash for bread or with, for a suda, um, do your hands have to be totally, completely dry? Um, what's What actually is, is the way it was done? You know, you see many people in the yeshivas, you know, you've seen it, I'm sure, uh, the, the, you know, Moshe and, and Richard, these people who, you know, they're, they're, they're making sure their hands are completely, there's mamish nothing on them, and they're, they're completely dry before they wash their hands. So he says, Rabelsky, you don't have to make sure your hands are dry and completely dry before you start washing them. It's only if they're wet, but not just wet from, you know, from some fruit juice or something or from some other wetness or some rain or something that's on their hands. They've got to be tome from tumas yadayim, which means what? From the washing water that was done improperly. Or let's say their hand is wet because the cup, the washing cup, has water on it, which is he's about to pour on himself, and now his hand touches that water. So that you would have to dry. Or let's say um, from the, the nozzle of water, Let's say um, from someone else, but he says the minig is everybody has the minig now to dry their hands completely, uh, but still you really don't need it.
And that's what he says. The only way your cans really become tame is kishabo al yodab derach natiwa shalokadin. Which would mean um, you washed less than a shear or you washed half of your hand. So now that water is not really kosher and it's going to make your hand even worse. And now you're going to touch it with the other hand. But that usually does not happen. So normally you don't have to be... Right. Now... It is actually brought the minig in one of the svarim of the 19th century to keep your hands, to get your hands completely dry, even though you don't need to. But sometimes when you are in line, Rebelsky says, let's say you're washing, everybody's trying to wash. It happens the person who washed right before you didn't wash properly. And therefore, he only washed half of his hand. So some water um, ricocheted from his hand onto the washing cup. Or let's say the, the faucet has water that, that ricocheted off this guy's hand. So therefore, that water is a problem for your hands. When you're washing, it's usually not a problem at all. If, you, if it's only one person. But if you're in a line and the person in front of you doesn't know the halachas of Natilas Yadayim properly, and it's possible he didn't wash his hands properly. So there, Rav Belsky says, there, Mikaradin, you maybe need to get your hands dry because that water would make your hands tummy again. So it could be, since, you know, we don't want to embarrass people and you don't know if the person in front of you was washing properly, that's where it arose the minute, even the 19th century, that everybody, whoever it is, gets their hands completely dry, even though you don't really need to. Now, Okay. What about um, the minug of not only drying your hands, but wiping them completely off? Um, we know and people would wipe their hands completely of water and their hands would then be completely dried off after Natilas Yadayim. So um Ravelsky says I didn't know that 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 um that people don't do that. Um I always do it. He says if you take a look in Shulchan Aruch, it says you need to uh dry them off and, and another thing you're supposed to do is actually dry them one in the other. You're supposed to be you're supposed to dry them up. And, and you're supposed to actually with shop shape zeb zeb. He says, I do that. Now, you're telling me people don't do it? People don't do shif shuf? Um, ain't with shum siba shum heter? 
Um, people say, oh, Bismanazer, we don't do this. So Ravelsky says, okay, they don't dry it and they don't like wipe them one and the other and make them completely dry. He says, because people don't do it today, Bismanazer. What does that mean, Bismanazer? Bismanazer means Mikriris Arachov, just the way things are in the street. We think, okay, today we're going to do things differently. So now it's mutter. So, you know, sometimes you have to stand up. Now, clearly, you know, we just had an example of bismanazet changing, like taking long walks, doing exercises uh, that don't necessarily show that you're getting all heated up, especially if you're doing it privately in your house and things like that. So we do see sometimes bizarre things do change, but that's just in terms of what's considered normal behavior, but not halachic behavior. When it comes to exercising, or like we saw before by Reb David, there the question is: Is this considered behavior of healthy people as well? well? Once healthy people stopped started doing this, so that changes the halacha. Here we're talking about people have stopped doing what it says in Shulchan Aruch. Well, that doesn't make it a minog. They should follow Shulchan Aruch. We don't have to be matzik every single thing that we see and say, oh, Bismana said things are different. We should try, if we can, to go and follow the Shulchan Aruch if possible, which is different than what was paskined over there. Because over there, it was nobody's there at the time when the Postcom were writing it. It wasn't considered a, a thing that healthy people did. Healthy people didn't take, you know, necessarily long walks, uh, um, to the point that, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was all, you know, an extremely long walk they didn't have to take. Today, everybody does that. So even people who aren't necessarily ill, that's the way they want to keep strong. They want to keep, they want to keep in shape, but they're not ill. So that's a situation where times have changed, but that doesn't mean the halacha of, of what you're supposed to do with the Netilas Yadai and that's something else. Okay. Let's do one more thing here from Rebelsky. Yeah, a lot of times we talk about public washing. What about the amount of time till you actually make the hamotzi? So the basic amount that should be from washing your hands till you make hamotzi is the amount of time it takes to walk uh, 22 amos. Now, that's not a lot of time. Rebelsky feels it's about 12 seconds. Now, he had long steps. Um, now, how did they get 12 seconds? So he points out where they get that from. The Mogan Avram says to walk 100 Amis, um, which is about, he says, is... Uh, is about six minutes. So, anyway, you can take a look at the Cheshpin over here based on the postgame. Obviously, Rebelsky was quite aware of what the Achronim had to say about this. So, um, he says it's really just about 12 seconds. So, so what you should do is 
if you need to walk, let's say like you go in a wedding hall, it's a lot more than 12 seconds to get to your table. So what should you do? You know, you're washing outside and then you go inside to make the motzi. The mikar adin, you should be able to do it, right? 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 That's about, you know, um, 12 seconds from, from the outside where the washing station is. So what should you do? So while you're walking, make sure your hands are still not completely dry. And then like be involved in the act of drying them as you're walking. And then when you get to your table, then you'll make the brocha wapas. Okay. Now, avulim soed im oda noshim ve'echad mevarach avapas hamotzis kulim bebrocha. But let's say at your table, one person's going to make the hamotzi for everybody. So then, it's impossible that you should have it done in twelve seconds. Now, lekatchil, if it's you by yourself, that's the way it should be. But if you if you if you want to have the hidur of like on Shabbos of one person making the motzi for everyone, just make sure people just aren't you know playing around and everybody is able to come and sit down. So even though it turns out that it's much more than twelve seconds, if it has the hidur of of one person being mavarach for the whole tzibur, so then you you don't have to be so machmer. And you can take a look, of course, this comes from the Shulchan Aruch, that uh, Rebelski brings the Makairis here. Now, Rebelski explains Kivan Shakosav Mishnabura Shakolikar didn't kifu raku mitzvah katchila. The katchila, it has to be taken. Pidiyeved. Even if you're sitting there, or for some reason you had to walk around, you couldn't find your table, you got lost, you still had hesachadas on your hands, you didn't lose hesachadas on your hands, you don't have to rewash. As long as lo hisiach daito. So therefore, Ravelsky wants to say, since it's only a but b'dyeved you can have a break. So. There's a hidur sometimes when one person makes the bracha for everybody. Now, what's the hidur? The hidur is, Ravelsky explains, Sharots and Levarach Shlema. So, first of all, there's the covet of one person. He's the father. He's making a for everyone. But also, your yotze with the one pas, you don't have a little role. He has the role. He has the whole, he has the sholem. So, there's a hidur of making a bracha on a sholem, um, especially on Shabbos. And if not everybody has their own little lachmania, so there Ravelsky says, Yamtinu al-kulam, and this way the, the head of the household, whoever it is, makes the brach on the pas, even though it's taken much more than 12 seconds. Still, like I said, it's obviously... Uh... Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did... Please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.